we're back, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Men of the Machine. We got a lot to talk about today. As always, I'm Kevin. I'm Pat. And I'm gonna I'm I'm coming up with the topic today. We haven't talked about this at all today, and I just there was something I wanted to talk about. I was telling you actually, actually, before we get into that, uh, just so that nobody knows what we're gonna talk about, we'll start. And I'm giving us only ten minutes. I'm giving us a very specific timeline and then I'm shutting it down. We're going to really quick recap the Royal Rumble, all the matches, and how we felt about whatever went. Because we obviously had very different reactions to the majority. Not not everything, but the majority. Okay. Do you want me to, like, do you want me to start then? <laughs> just, yeah, just do, so how about this? Um, Do a quick rundown of Kevin Owens' reigns, a quick rundown of Cena Styles, and a quick, re- and then we'll save the Rumble for later. So just start with the matches. Okay, well, first I want to say I was really excited that Bullet Club, or, uh, Gallows oh, yeah, Anderson. Yeah. I was really excited they won on the pre-show because I honestly did not think that was going to happen. So as soon as like the hand went down for three, I was not quite as far off my couch as I was like when Seth Rollins cashed the money in the bank at WrestleMania 31. But I was pretty far. I was like, yes! Yeah, I was on the <laughs> Xbox party. I heard it. I felt it, I should say. <laughs> they finally have goddamn belts in this goddamn company. Thank fucking God. Well, I, I, I wasn't invested in that one. I know... I, I didn't care for Cesaro and Sheamus just because I don't know anything about the pair. They just looked cooler to me. So I was like, hey, they look neat. Let's see if they win. And they didn't. Not even close. No, and that's awesome because Gallows and Anderson have been... I mean, I, I, I'm a ginormous Bullet Club fan, as everybody knows. So, like, just the fact that Bullet Club now... For like a, for a brief shining moment on that pay-per-view... I'll, I'll dovetail this. For a brief shining moment on that pay-per-view... Everybody from WWE's version of Book Club had belts because there was Gallows Anderson started here with you and got belts. And AJ, as he walked into his match, had a belt. <laughs> he <laughs> so did have one, time, that's true. There was a time they all had belts. It didn't last long, but it was a thing that happened. Uh, some of the matches were kind of underwhelming. The uh, Neville one was, it was good, but I was just kind of... Last thing was... is like, the, the Cruiserweight matches are never bad matches. For some reason, people don't care, and I don't understand why. Like, they're always good, but for some reason, I guess because the storylines aren't, like, as focused on or whatever the fuck, nobody cares, and I don't understand, because the same thing happens on 205 Live, same thing happens when the Cruiserweights happen on Raw. It's like, whenever the fucking Cruiserweights appear, it's like, if it's not Full Sail University in the Cruiserweight Classic, people don't give a shit. I don't understand why. I, I... It, for me, it was just that. So I watched the entire thing. We had my neighbor over, and me and Franny and him watched it. And Franny actually got into the rumble a little bit. But uh, at what, it was just, it seemed, like it wasn't exciting. It seemed one-sided. It was very clear that Neville was going to win. It was very clear that he was the stronger, better wrestler. And then occasionally, I can't remember the other gentleman's name, would Rich do some. One. Yeah, Rishwan would do a really cool move. But that was it. It was like one in a a five minute section of Neville just beating him up. So that it was just the story. I understand. I understood, but it just didn't do it for me. I was like, I don't oh. know. That's what I, I wanted. Like I've been waiting yeah. for, cause cause really that's the whole thing is like when triple H, um, like when NXT basically first made it onto like the grandest stage, like, like the, the first, like when the network first started, the first main event was Neville versus Bo Dallas for the title and Neville won. And he then held on to that belt for like a year and then um, he was he hung around NXT for a little bit longer and he got moved to the main roster. And it was like Vince understood that he had like a million dollar fucking lottery ticket in Neville. 
And fucking Vince did not at all. Like, Triple H completely got it. Vince, not at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, since Vince has, like, been using him, he's just been kind of spinning his wheels, doing not a lot of anything. And then this, like, when they finally brought him back as a heel, as King of the Cruiserweights, it's been glorious because it's basically just been him just beating up motherfuckers. I was like, this is what I've wanted. This is what I've wanted yeah. from the start. I wanted dominant Neville. So now I'm getting it, so now I'm happy. Yeah. I guess, okay, so as we talk about this for the next, we have seven more minutes. As we talk about this, I obviously have no knowledge of it, so I'm coming from the outside in, which is why you will hear my love for Roman Reigns soon, and you'll understand Patrick's disdain for it, which a couple of my other friends explained to me too. Neither here nor there. The women's matches were actually awesome, and none of them ended, no, the, the 3v3 did end the way I wanted, but none of them ended the way I wanted. I mean the. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, they're gonna give Bailey the belt. They're just gonna wait till Mania to do it. So like, whatever. Like in the interim, like it's whatever. Like, I. It's an. I mean, like that's the thing is. I mean, like in the end, like all the matches, pretty much the women's matches at least, pretty much ended the way I thought they would. So it's fine. Like there's like it's. It, were they spectacular anyway? No, but like. And the freaking Gabe, Sasha one, I just felt bad the whole time. I was like, Sasha, oh, you're so hot, and you're such a good wrestler, and you shouldn't just be getting thrown around by this obviously dominating force. Like, I just felt... I know there's a whole story behind that one, but I also felt, like, underwhelmed with that one. I was like, okay, yeah, there's no way she's getting out of this. No way. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I mean, like, as I said, the women's matches, all of them were pretty much... They all pretty much went the way I thought they would. Like, the only one that didn't was... Like, I was surprised that the heels didn't win in a six-woman tag. But beyond that, it all pretty much went the way I thought I was going to. And they still have several months to kind of get better stuff out of everybody involved. So that's fine for me right now. Yeah, they were all fine. Like, none of them were, like... None of them set the world on fire or anything, but they were all fine. Yeah, they did what they needed to do. The uh, Owens-Reigns match was entertaining as hell. I was personally super disappointed that Kevin won again. No thanks to fucking monster-ass gargantuan Strowman, who's just a damn animal, and he proved it in the Rumble even more. <laughs> but that match was phenomenal. I actually really, really enjoyed that one. No, yeah, I actually liked that match, too. Like, I mean... Had it gone a different way, I might not have enjoyed it as much because that was kind of like <laughs> my whole thing with uh, the John Cena AJ match. Is it like people were like, it's their masterpiece? I'm like, no, the SummerSlam match is better. And I was like, honestly, I would have to watch them both back to back to really be able to stand behind that. But I was like, also, I'm sure the fact that AJ didn't win probably colors my feelings a little bit. Yeah. It was just like, as soon as like, that second AA happened, I'm like, fuck my life. Yeah, that was <laughs> monstrous. Like, I was like, god damn it. Um, yeah, no, but the the Roman, uh, I guess like the Roman KO match, like it did what it needed to do, and it was entertaining. People, I I heard about it being too slowly paced. And I was like, I didn't think it was that slowly paced. I mean, it's actually probably the fastest paced match the two of them had because for some reason they don't really work that fast together. Even though they can both, they both can work really fast, but for some reason together they just don't. Um, but no, I liked that match. I thought that was well paced. I thought it was. I mean, I, I thought that you I mean you don't. We already have KO or uh, Jericho throwing down brass nuts. I really don't know why you need Braun Strowman, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> I, I learned a lot about a bunch of different characters, uh, especially after going to work and talking to more people about it. So, like, for example, the Kevin Owens thing, I was like, it was a cop-out. They talked about it again, and they're like, yeah, guys. Or they're like, yeah, Kevin, that's, that's kind of part of his appeal is he's got help all the time. You, you can beat him, but you can't beat his crew sort of a thing. And I was like, okay, I guess if I knew the lure more, I'd be more interested in Kevin Owens. And the same thing happened with uh, – uh, come on, Kevin. You, uh, Jericho. is During the Royal Rumble, I was like, 
Jericho looks like a bitch. And and at work, they were like, that's, I mean, he's not a bitch, but he knows when to stay away. That's his thing. He he dodges the really big stuff and then tries when he can. And I was like, oh, well, from, from my very first batch watching current Jericho, he looked like a bitch. What's the thing? It's like the thing about like the whole face shield, it's not just Kevin Owens and Jericho. In general, the face shield dynamic, the whole point is basically like, faces like overcome the odds to win heels cheat to win like that's the point because the whole point is you're supposed to like like with the nwo kind of fucked everything up in the 90s it used to be that was the whole point it's basically you heels existed because you wanted to like you, the whole point was you're paying to eventually see them get their ass kicked like every time you buy a ticket you're buying a ticket to see them get their ass kicked and if they don't get their ass kicked you're more pissed and you want to see it more next time and so when it finally happens you're like yay it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> but like, Fair enough. That's the thing. So it's like, it's basic. Like, that's why I think that people can talk about Jericho and KO all they want, but I'm like, they play their part. Just like I thought, I think I was, I think people talk about how poorly they booked uh, Seth Rollins, and I was always like, he's booked perfectly because he's the guy who you want to see get his ass kicked. So when he finally does, you're like really super excited. It's like the AJ thing. Like, AJ has played his part perfectly where even though it's not quite because people still love him but like yeah the aj cena match was really really good i liked oh no yeah it's really good but like but it just like it's like the whole reason that like it kind of works is because aj has even though i don't don't think enough people wanted him to get his ass kicked a lot so i think a lot of people love him but like on a very basic level He's played the guy who has just kept fucking coming out on top, regardless of what he. Christ, the way he won the belt was he kicked Dean Ambrose in the dick. So I mean, sometimes like, you just gotta. Exactly, he's, he's, like, he's like it's like a line where he's like, I'm a winner, and winners find a way to find a way to win, and that's the whole thing. Is like sadly in this occasion with John Cena, he did not, which was sad. Yeah. It made me but very that sad. was there was lots of good moments and the ending. So uh, me and Mike, I I literally <clears throat> that was the first match of the whole night where I was like. Huh, huh, oh kick out oh my god he's gonna get oh kick out like it just kept happening yeah. so that yeah that i don't know what that move's called but where he picked aj up twice and just threw him down hard i was so stoked for that to be the end just because it was like a perfect really fast-paced ending because most of them were these big flashy moves and then they'd get on top of him and like okay let's see if this works yeah ah, was... the double attitude adjustment was actually smart because the thing is like that was the one that kind of annoyed me like in the last year with cena is it like they haven't like they used to like they, they had the uh aa slash they used to be the fu um protected so well that like when people kicked out of it, it was like oh my god but now it's like every fucking match like every big match cena has somebody kicks out of the fucking aa i'm like you guys really need to like go back to that being like the finisher or else you kind of defeat the purpose at a certain point yeah um that's why i liked when he like did like he didn't work the first time so the second time picks does the aa literally roll through picks him up AAs AAs him again and just like one two three i was like they didn't make AJ look weak. I can't get yeah, mad. So. Like, you're not walking out of this one no matter who you are. Yeah, so uh, I was like, fuck. All right, so we got two minutes left. I'm going to give you one minute. Tell me everything you loved and hated about the Rumble. Lightning fast. Go! I mean, the Rumble match itself, like, the thing that the one thing that bothered me was that, like, because the, 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 the match itself was booked fine. It's just, like, the fact that, like, the only, like, surprise was High Dillinger, and even that wasn't really a surprise. It was basically just because WWE knew if they didn't fucking put... If they put anybody else in the number 10 spots, people would have shit all over that person. Mm-hmm. So it's like... I mean, that wasn't really a surprise, per se. That was basically just, like, them giving us what we wanted. And, like, Jack Gallagher was another example of that. But, like, a lot of it was just kind of predictable, which you know, they shared to me. And the end, the fact that, like, Joe didn't debut and Finn didn't come back, 
Like, that left a bad taste in my mouth. Especially because the next night, Joe showed up anyway. And I was like, if they literally moved the entire segment from Raw, where basically Triple H uh, essentially calls out Seth Rollins for calling him out, um, and then basically blindsides him with Samoa Joe kicking the crap out of him, if you had done that entire segment on the Rumble and then given me Finn... We would have been fine. I wouldn't even have cared that Roman Reigns came out at number 30. Like, I wouldn't even have given a shit. I would have been like, whatever. But because I got nothing, and then, like, it was like, so I'm like, I'm waiting for 30, I'm waiting for 30, I'm waiting for 30. And the second that 30 hits, and his fucking music comes on, I had the same reaction as everybody else, where I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, literally. Like, I wanted Finn, I wanted Joe, I got fucking Roman Reigns again. And it was evil genius, because they knew that... Whoever won, if like as long as Roman Reigns didn't at that point, people were gonna cheer. That was evil genius. I will give them that. That was smart. But it just pissed me off so much. Yeah, my I really enjoyed so when the New Day was all together on there, I was like, Oh my god, it's the New Day and I thought it was gonna be them like cleaning house and then getting eliminated later. That didn't turn out, which was a bummer. I I didn't really care for the constant, like every seven or eight people there was the gargantuan Sasquatch who took care of business. Uh, the big black guy, I don't know his name, <coughs> Braun Mark Strowman, Henry. yeah, uh, Mark Henry, uh, Braun Strowman did it, Brock Lesnar did it, which by the way, watching Goldberg take out Lesnar again was awesome because no, this, the whole rumble has just made me love the spear twice as much. It's my favorite move in the entire WWE and I will watch it every time. I love Roman Reigns, so him coming out and removing the Undertaker who was embarrassing to watch, he couldn't even walk, his body was so dead. He was just like, I, guys, I can just choke slam people. Someone's <laughs> gonna throw me out soon. This is all I can do. My, my knees are gone. So that was boring. I, I don't care about the Randy Orton and and Wyatt uh, Bray Wyatt story. I know you love Bray Wyatt, so that's awesome. But for me, it was like, whatever. Randy Orton's just, at this point, he's like Batista to me. He's like uh, Goldberg and, and to some degree John Cena. He's like slightly the last generation that I don't really care anymore. I mean, Goldberg's from the generation before that. Yeah, yeah, but, but he just <laughs> popped into my head because they also set him up. Like, Ryan was actually convinced that Goldberg could possibly continue on. Like, taking out Lesnar, who was destroying people? Oh my god, they're gonna have him go to the end. And they didn't, but yeah. that's just what popped into my head. What's the thing? <laughs> the Goldberg thing, the only thing that drives me nuts, is like, at this point, it's like this, the problem I talked about in the Rumble, before, uh, the Rumble, the Rumble podcast we did, where it was like, when <clears throat> AJ and Cena, I'm like, if you beat a guy twice... There is no reason for a third match. Like, you've proven you're better. So it's like, the fact that they've literally only had Goldberg kick Brock Lesnar's ass, I'm like, how does this make me want to buy Mania for them when clearly, like, at this point, Brock's almost the face of the scenario because Brock's the guy who's getting his ass kicked over and over again. And that is so not like, Brock's look. No, exactly. So I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, you know, the rumor that I heard that drove me insane, I really hope isn't true, is like that they're gonna have at Fastlane have Goldberg take the belt from Kevin Owens and then do Brock versus Goldberg for the belt at Mania. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of that? Like you sell that match just for the fact it's Goldberg and Brock Lesnar. Like what the fuck is the point yeah. in doing that for the belt? But whatever. Alright. Well, all in all, it was it was decent. It made wrestling kind of fun, but at the exact same time it made me not care about more wrestling. I don't know how to explain it. I'm definitely gonna watch more, but it was bittersweet. Like I said, I really enjoy the spear. I want to see that move happen in every match. I love Roman Reigns, despite people hating him. I absolutely love Roman Reigns. And I love Goldberg, so everything's coming up, Kevin. But either way, 
we'll see what happens in the future. But let's let's bring it down. I, I tend to talk really quick when I get excited. I was listening through to our old podcasts, and if I start talking, it gets really fast, and my breathing gets really heavy, and I'm just gonna just gonna bring it bring it nice and slow, you know, nice and sexy, make you feel like you're welcome here. This ain't a scary place. No raping happening over here. That's a thing rapists say, but I'm not a rapist. Um, of course not. No, obviously not. I'm too small, man. I'm too small. Um, not penis wise. I mean, like um, <laughs> height wise. My penis is fine. Don't talk about that here. It's doing its job, okay? Um. So what I wanted to talk about today is just as just I just uh, I'm I'm reading Daredevil right now and I'm in love with it. And I'm super excited, so I just want to talk to you about Daredevil, ask you questions about Daredevil, get some information about Daredevil, and uh, in any facet. So literally, uh, the Marvel series, which is my favorite Marvel Netflix right now, despite Jessica Jones being amazing, and we haven't seen Iron Fist yet. Um, that's not to discount Luke Cage because I didn't mention that, but Luke Cage is the bottom as for all for for the list, and that's like that's like. That's like saying a glazed donut is awful. It's like, it's still an amazing donut, but you've got Boston cream and, and chocolate glazed, and they're just a little bit better. Oh, wait, I should have made Luke Cage chocolate glazed. That was racist. I'm sorry, Luke Cage. Or is it more racist to make him chocolate glazed? Oh. I mean, I think talking about it for five minutes makes it most wow. racist. What an ethical dilemma. Well, I mean, you try to stay on both sides of the fence and please everybody. It's impossible. Well, neither here nor there. Um... <laughs> So I yeah I had questions about Daredevil and I wanted to talk about it because I I obviously we've made it clear and you've made it clear he's one of your favorite superheroes of all time and he is very quickly becoming my all time favorite so he's just so cool. He yeah. and Punisher kind of switch back and forth as three and four on my top five, but yeah they're they're, they're, they're both those characters are extremely important to me. So yeah, I've always been drawn <coughs> since since we start because you're the only person who got me into comics other than that i knew about the f- fucking marvel movies just like everyone else and uh i've always been super interested in the street level uh superheroes i, I it's not that the, i don't like calling any of and this is no offense towards like you or kevin i don't like calling anything comic r- book related uh uh relatable because it's not at all it's like just because they don't have laser eye vision and super god hammers and can phase through walls that doesn't make them like less relatable it's just like it's i just like it for the the getaway like reading comics for me is 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 like uh, an escape as it is for a lot of people but not in the sense that i'm getting anything personally out of it i just have fun imagining the story that is funny it's actually you mentioning that because it, you can keep going but like i was actually telling kevin earlier because i was i was uh kevin cardinal because I had just read um, Civil War: The Oath, uh, number one, which was basically the epilogue of Civil War Two. I had just read that uh, earlier today, and it's very much like basically like I don't know how to like say without giving things away, but basically like it's very like our political climate with basically like a slimy like horrible leader that's like basically taking over like from the inside out and i'm just like this is not what i read comics for man like this is like this is the world outside my window like the whole like the whole fucking point of like reading comics is not think about this bullshit for like a little while and just like and now i have motherfuckers like taking over the government i'm like oh christ it's happening everywhere (laughs) it's in my comics it's in my music it's in my movies i don't know what's going on but yeah go ahead with your your, your, your Uh, oh i was just saying so the street level 
heroes to me just seem more exciting like don't get me wrong watching thor battle loki is really cool and watching superman punch another super strong guy through buildings is really cool but watching like an a, a a relatively normal guy who's going through what seem like plausible struggles although the kevin smith daredevil story is pretty intense so far um it's just more interesting to me to watch them get their ass kicked where i'm like if you're a god getting beat up i'm like okay or if you're Iron Man, where the biggest thing that's happening... No, uh, this is not... This is completely subjective to, like, the movies and stuff. Is your suit getting destroyed, but you're still Tony Stark? I'm like, whatever. Uh, okay. But when your entire life is just crumbling at someone else's hands, like, happened, like seems to happen to Daredevil in every goddamn story, which I love, it just, it's just more fun for me to read. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> have you read Born Again? I have not. That's why. So I started on this Kevin Smith run, which is called yeah. Guardian Devil. Mm-hmm. I started here, and I'm going to work my way through my personal collection of just Daredevil comics. I have a bunch of random Bendis stuff. I have a bunch of. I I, I think I have the Frank Miller stuff, right? I've probably showed. I think I bought that at Comic Con when we went. I think you have um, Born Again. But that's the thing yeah. is like technically, if you're reading Guardian Devil after Born Again, then you kind of. I mean, they reference things that happened in Born Again in Guardian Neville, so they're kind of spoiled for you, but I guess you don't yeah, care. Cause he's, he's ar- yeah, he's already <laughs> talked about how uh, uh, Kingpin completely <clears throat> destroyed his life, and and he's going through it again in this story. Yeah, and basically it, Guardian Devil is like a belated sequel to Born Again almost. Oh, well, that's kind of neat. Um, I... I I think his oh that's what I wanted to ask you I'll talk I want to talk about his powers later because everybody when I tell them Daredevil is one of my favorite superheroes they're like really the blind guy I'm like fuck you man he's not ju- <laughs> okay yes he is the blind guy but that's not all he is um, the show does a decent I think the show does him a disservice in his powers because it yes I, I, I think, agree I agree with her yeah. I think the one thing that the movie did better than the show was the illustration of the powers <laughs> like that was yeah. the one thing. Yeah, the show definitely, like, tries to show you it, but they try to show you it in a way that, like, only Daredevil understands it. You don't need to understand it. Don't worry about it. He's taking care of it. Whereas the movie and a lot of the comics definitely let you into his side a little more. So people are always just talking about, wow, he can hear stuff really well, and that's not nearly it at all. But in the Kevin Smith, they reference it, and I think I'd read this on the internet somewhere. Bullseye has adamantium bones? He has ever since. Um, this is giving something away from the Frank Miller run. If you care, do you care? No, uh, dude. Spoilers is what I live on. I ask you questions okay. nonstop. Uh, basically, um, Matt let him fall, presumably to his death. But he oh, didn't that's where. Die. Yeah, that's where the whole like Daredevil finally like this is yeah. the first time he didn't completely save someone. He was just like, oh no, yeah, but so, shouldn't like, eat that popcorn, butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up, yeah, he ended up, like, getting adamantium, yeah. Which doesn't actually technically make any sense, because the whole point of, like, the whole Weapon X thing with, like, Wolverine was that he was the only one that could because of his healing factor, but whatever, fuck it, I don't well, care. Yeah, because wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't that make his skeleton weigh, like, 400, doesn't Wolverine weigh, like, 500 pounds, and then freaking Bullseye's not strong enough to carry that around? Well, I mean, if it's if it's your skeleton, like I don't know necessarily. I mean, that's like that's all questions that's hard to answer in terms of the science of it because it's just like adamantium isn't a real fucking thing, and people can't get metal on their bones anyway. Yeah. So it's like yeah, I just... like go to the science to it. I'm like, it's it's so hard to be like, well, realistically, <laughs> like oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> it just uh, that that was the one problem I had. But yeah, they referenced that, and I didn't know. Is it just like during after? So he didn't kill at the end of Born Again. It's it's supposed to show that he he died, but he really didn't. Someone found him and put metal on his bones 
Well, yeah, I mean, like, he, yeah, he, he doesn't, yeah, he's like, uh, he ends up, yeah, with the adamantium bone, because that's the whole thing, it's like, um, even though, and, then they, and they brought him again, they brought him back again recently during Mark Wade's run, where he's basically literally like a fucking head in a fucking, like, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, like an iron lung, essentially, like, where literally he's just barely alive, I'm just like, Dear God, does somebody at this point mercy kill the poor bastard? Like, <laughs> let, Jesus Christ. Let the man die. He doesn't deserve this. Although, uh, I don't know does. if it was because of... I don't, if it, I don't know if it was because of Secret Wars or what. Um, I haven't read it yet. Um, but this this week, um, both Daredevil... Or Bullseye made an appearance in the new Daredevil book, which I haven't read yet. Um, and he got the first issue of his own series started. So mm. clearly he's back from being basically just a head in a fucking, like, back-to-tank. But I mean, I don't know how that occurred. My God, it's it's just so ridiculous. But I like it. I like it a lot. He like punches Daredevil and Daredevil's uh, in, in his like inner monologue. He's like, I heard he got his bones laced with adamantium, and that punch just uh, proved it. And he's like all bloody and shit. I just the part I just finished in the book. I was gonna read more, but I'll just I read before night or before bed, so I kind of like reading it then. Uh, the part I just read was when Karen Page dies. Oh, okay. oh my God. She yeah. catches it right through the chest, and she didn't even have to die. Daredevil could have could have grabbed that. He's Daredevil. Uh, yeah, well, he was pretty weak though. <laughs> I mean, shit happens. I mean, like he didn't save Elektra originally. I mean, that's just yeah. a, but couldn't he, I mean, she was gonna die anyway. She had AIDS. <laughs> Jesus, our, yes, that is accurate. I'm just yes. AIDS kills you, especially you know, like 15. No, I can't say that because Magic Johnson's still alive. I was gonna say he's probably <laughs> had AIDS for longer than you've been alive. He has had AIDS longer than I've been alive. I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> in the '90s that he announced it. So it, it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a really close spot right there. Yes. Oh, oh wait, hold on. Before we continue on Daredevil, I want to hear a great joke. Oh Jesus, probably not. But go ahead. Why was Luke Skywalker still hungry after leaving the Italian restaurant? I don't know. Because there was only one cannoli. <laughs> It's not funny. That's that's not a good joke it's so at all. Good. <laughs> it's only Kenobi. Oh, the first time I heard it, I thought it was kind of dumb, and then I was like, Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, that's so good. Oh, no, I get it. I get it. That's making it good. <laughs> oh God, I love it. I love being alive. Anyways, let's talk about. Oh uh, yeah, so Daredevil has. So many cooler... Okay, so I can't really say so many... You're going to have to elaborate with me on this. Besides the obvious that his senses are heightened, he can hear an absurd amount of stuff, which gives you way more than just like, oh, my microwave dinged while I was upstairs. Like... Well, no, can... that's, well, that is the, the senses being heightened. Like, all of his sentences... No, no, I know, but I'm just saying that like... No, no, I, I'm just saying that like people are just like, okay, so he can hear you whisper, that's cool. But no, he can... He can hear, obviously he's a human lie detector, they talk that up all the time if someone heart's beating and whatnot, but he can tell who you are just by your individual heartbeat, which speaks more to his actual intelligence than his powers, but still, you can be like a block away, because in this book, especially uh, the girl and the baby, they're like a block away and he can hear their heartbeat and knows that it's them out of everyone else on the street. He's in New York City, so there's a thousand people within range of his hearing. Well, not as the hearing, it's also the smell. Like, as I said, like the, basically the, the basic like outline of his power set is when he got the uh, chemicals splashed in his eyes, 
Uh, he lost his sight, but all of his other senses became superhuman, and the compensation basically gives him that radar sense because mm-hmm. his superhuman smell, superhuman hearing, uh, superhuman superhuman touch, where he can actually uh, he pretends to like read. I mean, he can read Braille, but like he can read just regular like anything because he can feel the rays of the ink on pages. Like yeah. all of his senses are enhanced. Yeah, he can. He can feel like vibrations from absurdly far away. He's like a dog. You know how dogs can sense storms? I bet he could sense storms. I mean, he's... if if Daredevil was a dog, what breed would you call him? I don't. I I, I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I'd probably call him. I'd probably call Daredevil like a German Shepherd, because that's that's what I would say. If he was a dog breed, they're like super loyal, but they can be assholes. Which, by the way, Daredevil throws a baby off a roof, but. <laughs> But I was going to bitch about that actually, because before I had read the chapter I read last night or the or the issue I read last night, it was because he was poisoned, and the poison made him think crazy things. I was going to get really salty, like Daredevil would <laughs> never do that, but they they explained it. They did their job. Oh yeah, no, like I mean that thing is like Smith was always like a Daredevil super fan, so like that's the thing is like his he his writing now is just heavens but i mean his writing when he does first he write comics, comics anymore he hasn't in a while like i think the last thing he wrote was batman cacophony um but when he was first writing comics like his uh green arrow run and his daredevil run were spec fucking tacular uh wait green arrow oh he wrote green arrow was that before or after daredevil uh right after okay i'm gonna find that i'm gonna read it well i'm not even done with this one so i'm gonna finish this one then i'm just gonna keep reading daredevil but uh, I think the other thing that Daredevil doesn't get explained as a superpower, but is pretty obvious, is his, I don't know what the term would be, what you would call it, but it's like his his quick thoughts, like his his instantaneous ability to slow down time in his own brain. Like he can decipher stuff way faster than any other normal person could be. What would you call that as a power? You can't really call that a power, can you? I say it's not a power. It's just, I mean, he's super intelligent. I mean, he was, I mean, obviously that, that with, nothing to do with the accident that caused his powers. It's just he's super intelligent. And I mean, he's really well trained as a ninja. So his fucking, I mean, his everything, his like reflexes, everything is trained to be super quick because he yeah. i mean christ fucking hand ninjas are no joke so yeah they're they're no joke they're slightly less joke than foot ninjas um that's not mm-hmm. a that's not a really shitty pun i made that's actually a villain from teenage mutant ninja turtles but i wish wait, it wasn't because you know, i would wait. laugh at my own joke do you know why the whole okay the whole reason if you ever pay attention um the ninja turtles it was started as a like semi tribute and semi parody to frank miller's daredevil which is why, mm-hmm. if you notice, like this whole thing is basically like, um, the the can like basically the ooze is basically the stuff that splashed in Daredevil's eyes, and mm-hmm. like Daredevil fights the hand, they fight the foot. Like it was all it, that was all planned. Like that was all meant yeah. to be like that. Yeah. Well, I wish it was a funny pun I came up with, but it's always been there. Always yes. been there. Um, and then one thing the show touches on, and I don't know if this is ever talked about in the comics at all, is he meditates to increase his healing speed is that something that he can do in the comics or is that just like a little like look he'll get stabbed every night but he comes back from it well he meditates that's the whole thing i mean like, everybody meditates but I mean, and truth be told i mean i don't i don't know that meditating can ever really increase your healing speed per se but i mean like 
it definitely if you just basically are just resting essentially and that's going to that's well no yeah but in the in the show he actually says that he i don't remember his little monologue thing but he's talking and he says i learned to meditate to allow my body to heal faster than the average person and i was like in the sh- in the comics do they ever do that i mean <laughs> as i said he always meditated i mean i don't really like i don't know i mean, I, I, don't, I don't remember that part well enough to speak to it but I mean, yeah, he always meditated. I mean, and as I said, like I mean, it'd be the same thing. Where basically, if you are meditating and you literally are just basically for- focusing chi, I mean, I don't really believe it necessarily. But I mean, mm-hmm. if it's in any way psychosomatic, that's also a factor. So I mean, I can't really speak to yeah. Brain's a powerful that. thing. Fun fact. Indeed. Let me give you a little fun fact. Did you know that of all the energy your body burns in one day in twenty four hours, twenty percent of it is just your brain activity like just your your brain doing making the decisions it does making your body do what it does that uses up 20 percent of the energy your body exerts i believe that's that. crazy that's <laughs> absurd you'd think like literally any physical action would use up more but no it's all up there bro 100 like 20 percent of that all up there that's why i actually um we talked about it in our old english class it was always a fact our uh what was his name mr pageant would say is that uh bobby fisher is that his name the really yeah. really famous chess player yes, yes he would work out for two hours every day just so that because in the middle of his like marathon chess matches with people he would get so exhausted he would like pass out and shit so he'd have to work out just to build up the stamina so his brain wouldn't wear his body down that's pretty cool indeed ah, it's just crazy to think about but yes. I, let's just say for the sake of while we're talking about daredevil that he can heal slightly faster than your average person but i guess that's true of any superhero but regardless he can heal a little bit quicker um his reflexes are obviously absurd that comes along with the enhanced senses he's trained he's arguably the he's a top five martial artist in the marvel universe without a doubt i I mean what he could even go up to number two i mean that one's hard because it's just like i mean you have wolverine you have like i mean pretty much wolverine Wolverine is a ninja, and plus he's also had literally hundreds of years of experience. Yeah, but I didn't know he was in. I didn't know he was trained in the martial arts. Dear God, have you never read like Wolverine comics? <laughs> I have literally never read an X Men comic other than that one you had me buy at Comic Con, which was awesome, but it was not about Wolverine that much. <laughs> okay, fine. If you get um, Chris Claremont and uh, Frank Miller's uh, Wolverine miniseries from back in the day that the uh most recent movie the wolverine is loosely based on you will get a oh, sense a of movie. yeah that's basically what it's based on because basically it's wolverine in japan it kind of gives back like a little bit hint of his backstory but also again he's been alive for hundreds of years so yeah, i mean he's been, he's been doing it I, I don't know he just seemed like a scrapper to me like a guy who would just punch your lights out no matter what so i don't know i didn't think of that but anyways continue with your list sorry uh, the one i was uh, thinking of was the master of kung fu the whatever his name was shang chi uh iron fist um electra like there's there's a lot dude like that's that's hard <laughs> i still put him top five I, i'm not saying he wouldn't be in definitely at least the top 10 i'm just saying isn't it's isn't black panther super martial arts too most superheroes are i mean that's the fucking point oh yeah they're they're all skilled but there's certain ones that they make it a point to point it out like obviously black widow is crazy but you're not talking about iron man or thor or any of those guys being like yeah they're really good even captain america is not talked about as like super martial arts he's just a amazing fighter yes i mean in that so that's what i'm saying i mean i can't uh, 
Like, no, come on, man. Now you know I live on this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would say, as I said, I said before, like the thing that like I feel like makes Electra towards the top of the list is the fact that she has all of the ability, but with none of the like scruples holding her back. Like she has no problem, like just fucking always going it's for like the kill. Face off. Like even Wolverine, I mean, has made almost a lifetime of going away from that impulse. So like mm. there's, there's few deadlier than Electra. So that's like the thing. Like that's, that's why it's hard. I mean, I would say like, Oh fuck, that's difficult. I mean, I definitely would say like Daredevil's in the top 10, but I mean like Jesus Christ, that's difficult. All right. Well, either way, he's amazing and he's, and his, his senses definitely give him a leg up on a lot of people, even if they're more technically skilled. Cause he can basically sense your move at all times. Cause he's, daredevil and he's amazing um but no he uh so he's got uh wilson fisk which is obviously kingpin he's got bullseye and he's got the hand who are a couple other is like i haven't gotten to the spot like the end i don't know who the villain is of this i mean i know it's that guy with the mustache but i don't know him so who are a couple <laughs> of his other like major villains well his vil- the villain of guardian devil is actually a spider-man villain um Ooh. but i will say the whole thing is that um the marvel universe more so even than the uh, DC universe because the DC universe a little bit, but the more the Marvel universe kind of everybody almost kind of shares villains. Like everybody has like specific ones. Like you don't often have like Captain America fighting like the Melter or like Titanium Man, but like they all fight Kang, they all fight Kingpin. Like they all like, like so it's like I mean Daredevil. I mean he fights obviously um, some of Punisher's guys like Jigsaw, but I mean also Tombstone is a guy kind of the entire street level Marvel universe has who's like, who's that who's that guy uh cro- crossbones does he fight crossbones i mean as i'm saying like they all kind of share in a way like i don't recall isn't, but i'm sure it's happened isn't spider-man kind of his villain too at some points no that's more like spidey and daredevil get along i mean like oh. they're occasionally at odds but very rarely like if anything they're both punisher villains in a way because they both okay punisher villains, a... yeah well yeah because so, he's just like, merkin like, yeah. dudes <laughs> yeah but um but yeah like i mean his primary like the one that's mostly his bullseye because i mean bullseye has been used like other people have fought like i mean especially when bullseye was a thunderbolt but like those those dudes will basically like go down like fucking like popeye and bluto like they're like they're basically gonna kill each other someday yeah and it's the it's it's the perfect uh uh opposite to bolt to daredevil like i mean like you said a lot of these the kingpin can take down anyone let's be honest like the kingpin is just that cool but certain villains and superheroes just are made for each other like joker and batman it's like yeah yeah joker probably could go and cause some shit for everyone else but this is where he shines this is where the obvious person that they have to pick on is and like i thought that was awesome in the movie like when 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 daredevil or i mean um the Ben Affleck movie, when Bullseye kills Elektra with that thing, or her, her dad, sorry, when Bullseye kills her dad with that thing, uh, immediately afterwards, he's like, I never miss, because Daredevil managed to dodge it. Yeah. Was that that scene? Exactly. Yeah, it was that scene. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's like, holy shit, someone was able to, I don't miss. So, again, that's, I, I, I didn't know if he had any other monster villains, but I guess really Batman and a few others are really only <laughs> have a major rogues gallery. I mean, oh, wow. but yeah, That's I mean, like, they, they definitely, like, 
I mean, he has like a handful, but yeah, I mean, like they're really the only guys who have like huge rose galleries are like Batman, Spider Man, like the Flash, but even Superman only has like a handful. Like Superman has like yeah, Lex Brainiac, Toy Man, Zod, like I mean, Toy Man don't count. I don't know him. I'm sure he's a big deal. Oh wait, Mitzel Mitzel pick. Mitzel, okay, what's fine. his name? Mixie Mixie is Pitlick. Um, I'm not saying Mixie, there's none. I'm just Kev- saying. <laughs> Mixie X Pillick. Kevin Smith calls him Mitzelpick, and it's confusing as all hell. I no one knows how to say that goddamn yes, name. Yes, it's literally you just it's. I mean, if you just look at the, it's Mixie is Pitlick. Like just look at the fucking. Yeah, word. but he <laughs> has he has a history of calling people by the wrong name. Like uh, instead of Dormammu, he calls him Dormammu, and that drives me nuts. As it should. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It just, it really, that really gets under my skin. I have no right for it, too. It's just a damper. That's like me and Franny started watching this YouTube channel of uh, British guys cooking. And this, they're really cool. I don't remember what, assorted food. And uh, they say weird, they say sh- instead of shallots for the little onions, they say shallots. And I can't, <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it. And there was another, another big one that Franny was like, really? You're not going to throw a fit about that? And I was like, I'm resisting the urge. If I think about it, I'll tell you. But they just, everyone knows aluminum and shit like that. But just shallots instead of shallots just drove me through the freaking roof. I couldn't handle it. Well, I mean, Jesus, like, it's like. I don't I mean- like <laughs> accents, even though I have it. Everything is an accent, but I'm American and I have the right to just deny everyone else's existence. Wow, that's so fucked up the, the, given like what happened last week. But all right, that's fine. Exactly. It's apparently okay in our country. That's just I'm just trying to be on the right team, Patrick. I'm 100% white. There is no Mexican in my blood. <laughs> of course not. <sighs> yeah, we don't need to worry about that, okay? Just they're coming <laughs> for me, man. Um <laughs> Either way, let's move on to our next section, which, by the way, Patrick, I thought of today. We got four sections to our show on a regular basis. Wait, one I always second, the Daredevil about... thing. I just want oh, to point sorry, out, yes, you, you haven't gotten there yet, but, uh, like, the like, following Smith's run into Bendis' run, which is, in my mind, like, probably the best run ever. Um, Better than Frank Miller's run? In my opinion, yes. Um, I'm not, not to say, the thing is, it's hard because contact, like, before Frank Miller did what he did, like it would, if without Frank Miller, it would be impossible for Bendis to have done what he done. But fair enough. Just judging on them on, on their own merits, I think I personally like Bendis better. Um, but yeah, there's like my favorite arc of his run uh, that I can't wait because you were talking about the one thing. There's a point where um, Daredevil becomes the kingpin, and it's fucking glorious. Oh yeah, that's gonna be cool. Doesn't he also lead the hand at some point? That's during Andy Diggle's crappy run, but yes. Okay, we don't talk about that. That's 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 not for not for this podcast. Um, yeah, so cool. Everybody, check out Daredevil. It's I think the show is absolutely phenomenal. Like I've said before, we're gonna do an entire ep- uh, podcast about Netflix, but that'll probably wait till after Iron Fist is out. Uh, the comics are insanely good. I don't care what anyone says. Do, have they ever made a good cartoon version of Daredevil? Has he ever been no, like, well, that's properly the thing. portrayed it... in the television? I mean, I think he's been on like the Spider-Man cartoon, but really, that's that's a book that like it started out as like literally as like kind of the like, Kevin and I have talked about Gitchin Punksters, where it's like it started out as basically this the poor man Spider-Man. Frank Miller said that like that's literally all it was, and then Frank took him and basically like turned it into a crime comic that has happened to have like a protagonist in tights 
and like just completely change the nature of the character to the extent where you really can't do a Daredevil cartoon. Like the first time, like the actually the, the closest to a Daredevil cartoon that I would say exists is the original live action movie because Jesus Christ. Um, like, but uh, yeah, like the current show is like I think it's funny. It's like the first time I watched the first season, I'm just like. This is actually kind of they they've doubled down on the fucking like grittiness of this, and I'm like, this is actually too dark for my taste. So, like I'm like, <laughs> I, I want it dark. I get that, but like, holy Christ! Like you you actually have a chip on your shoulder. Like Jesus! Like whereas oh, I think I the see. second season, well, no, I love it. I'm not saying I don't love it. I'm just saying the second season was kind of closer to what I see in my head, where it's dark. It's but it's and it's gritty, but it's not like overpowering or suffocating. It's just kind of like. There's other Lay like me. Stuff. power me down, give it to me, dark. I'm a fan. No, I love. I'm, I mean, I love the first season. I'm just saying, like, it's like it just it's so fucking. I'm just like Jesus Christ. I was just like the Batman vs. <laughs> I love Batman vs. Superman. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Like my problem with Man of Steel was that it was too dark, and Zack Snyder was apparently like, oh, that's a problem. Fuck you. And then <laughs> in the next movie, like as dark as fucking. Ain't no fucking problem anymore, huh? You want some more of this? Have you seen my movies? <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I like it. But yeah, no, the comics-wise, I would recommend if people that are listening to this that want to get into Daredevil, because we really could just go really in deep. I mean, the main things I would say is, like, read Frank Miller's run, um, read in, read from Frank Miller's run into Kevin Smith's run, into Bendis' run, into Brubaker's run. Stop! <laughs> and then, <laughs> <laughs> when Mark Wade uh, comes on, pick up Mark Wade's, Mark Wade's run, read through that, and then into Charles Soule's run. I have no idea who's going to follow uh, Charles Soule, but Charles Soule's it's been kind of hit or miss for me, but I have liked it overall. I I have very little experience on the comics. Like I said, I'm reading the Kevin Smith one. I'm sure I'll talk about it more, but definitely check out the Kevin Smith one. It's absurdly good. And I love Kevin Smith, and I'll do anything to support anything he does ever. I Hell, I picked up the Clerks Blu-ray because... It was only in our. It was in the five ninety nine bin at Best Buy, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Only six dollars?" So I had to have it. I had to have it. Um, but anyways, moving on. Yes. So we have. I thought about this today, Patrick. We have four sections to our show now, which is just beautiful. Because if you remember way back, it wasn't that long ago, but way back when we started talking about podcasts, I was saying, "Should we structure the podcast or just talk for a while?" We fuck. We have structure. We're not just goddamn animals living on the side of the street no more, Patrick. <laughs> We're in a nice two-bedroom apartment, kind of a lofty apartment, so you know it's like nice, but it didn't cost us that much. And we're downtown, so we can walk to the grocery store if we want, save the environment, but we're not living a lush life. That's where we're at right now. It's beautiful. I mean, <laughs> yay. Yeah, hey, whatever. I'm really excited about it. So we're done with that part. I don't know what we're going to call it. It's just the part where we talk. And now let's move into who's who. The wonderful, beautiful game where me and Patrick argue about who's the cooler person in a duo, which is not always true. It's not always about who's cooler. All right, you son of a bitch. It's sometimes just about <laughs> which personality fits better. That's all. That's all it ever uh, is, you bitter fuck. <laughs> I am very bitter because I'm very clearly Wayne. There's no getting around it. I'm Wayne Campbell, you're and you're Garth. You're... What's Garth's last name? Algar. <laughs> Oh, wow, you knew his last name. That makes you, must be him. Suck it. That doesn't uh, make sense. <laughs> just, just suck it deep. Uh, I'm Wayne Campbell. So let's not. move That's on fun. to today where, oh, my God, I need to add to this list. I've got plenty. We'll do, let's do two. Um, who's who? 
Oh, man, that one's not fair. I'll save that for a more saucy when we have more time. Let's do... Who's who? Vincent and Jules from Pulp Fiction. Um, I would say I'm probably Jules. <laughs> Jules is Sam Samuel Jackson. Jackson, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so I get to dance with Uma Thurman? Does, does, does Jules die in the movie? I don't remember. Yes. I went, when? I, I, I got nothing. I remember <laughs> Vincent dying by Bruce Willis because he finds the gun because Vince yes. had to go to the bathroom and he set his gun, which is a very me thing to do. Any other person <laughs> would just take the gun with him, but whatever. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's the middle segment, so that's why he's in, but it's like, it's not in chronological order, which is why he's in mm-hmm. the last segment because it mm-hmm. doesn't. the movie doesn't take place in order. Like, the beginning starts and then <clears throat> the stuff that's at the end, like the last bit, it actually takes place right after the beginning, and then you would have the uh, so the segment with uh, Uma and uh, Travolta, and then you would have Bruce yep. Willis' segment if you did it in order. Yeah. So but he does who, so die. You, you didn't tell me how does he die? It's, uh, yeah, he he goes. He left the gun on the counter when he went to the bathroom. Uh, no, no, Samuel L. Jackson's character, not. Oh, uh, no, he didn't die. No, yes. Sam Jackson lives. Oh. Okay, see, I didn't, I couldn't remember. I didn't remember him dying. Either. Yeah, well, that was okay. the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Is that Sam Jackson's character? Because like, he probably would have, or at least he might have actually saved Vince's life. Who the hell knows? Um, that's the whole thing. Is so basically like, because um, the whole thing at the end, like the reason that I feel like I would probably be Jules, is because like the whole bit at the end, where basically he kind of, like, I mean, he's basically his journey throughout the movie is him basically being like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I need to be doing something different. That's the whole thing. He's basically like, he said, um, basically his plan was to basically be Kane and Kung Fu and just kind of walk the earth and have adventures. So he wasn't a hitman anymore at the end, which is why Vince was by himself. And he died. Exactly. Died after, at least he got to go to the bathroom first, because they say you void your bowels after you die, and no problem for him. No problem (laughs) at all. Uh, and actually, did you know it's not that you necessarily just shit yourself the minute you die? It's the pressure buildup in your body from the gases just pushing it right on out of there. I just didn't so, lost control, but I mean, fair enough. It's it's okay. So if if your so yes, your 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 muscles loosen before they tighten, like where before rigor mortis kicks in. So I mean, if you're on the verge of having to go to the bathroom, yeah, your sphincter is just gonna just 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 wide open, and then just the whole just <laughs> I don't want to describe it, but you can picture <laughs> what's going on right now. But if it's if it's like an, any normal person, you know, a few hours into your day and everything's going fine, then yeah, the gas builds up, builds up, and it starts trying to get out, and it goes out all the normal ways you would expect it to leave your body. One of which is your booty hole, and it pushes everything right with it. Uh, but yeah, like the wow. whole reason is like the, the reason that I would say that I was Jewel is basically break it down is like because of the little speech at the end when he's like basically tells. He tells uh, Tim Roth his basic speech, um, the basically the righteous man speech, and where he just like he finally figures it out. Where he just like, it's like you're the weak and I'm the tyranny of evil men, but I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Um, that's the thing is like for me it's basically like a constant daily fight against my evil impulses to be a decent human being. So like I can definitely relate to that character more than I can relate to. Uh, Vincent. I mean, I have stabbed an adrenaline needle into a woman's chest before after she overdosed, so I I have that much in common. 
very clearly. But other than that, and you I also, would you look a tiny, tiny bit like Travolta like when do. you have the long hair and the look, blue eyes. I do look a ton like John Travolta. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. He's a handsome man. <laughs> Tom Cruise, come out the closet. Oh my God. That's my favorite impersonation of John, Cruise, of, of John Travolta ever is when he's in that South Park episode. It's just, <laughs> uh, it's just so good. <laughs> come on. Oh, it's actually kind of nice in here. Oh, it's funny. Yeah, I, I get it. That's fair. Vincent and Jules, has, and we'd make a good team. We'd talk about hamburgers for a while in a car. Actually, I would talk about hamburgers for a while. You'd tell me to be quiet, so that's neither here nor there. But, uh, all right, so let's move on to, this is a hot one. Oh, actually, actually, I'm going to save that one for exactly what I know why. Who's who? Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would love to say that I'm Bugs, but I'm probably Daffy. So, so in 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 the spirit of always calling you an asshole when we do this segment, <laughs> have you not have you noticed that every time the pair has what many would consider to be the title character, you'd go, "It this is a compliment and an insult." You go, as much as I would love to call myself so and so, I admit to being this person. You just want to be the Bugs Bunny of everything so bad. You son of a bitch! I'm on to you. I'm so oh, you little piece of shit! You, but yeah, no, you're like I wish. Yeah, that's why. That's why it was both halves. It it was an insult and a compliment. You're very you. You're aware. You're self aware. It's like, have you seen the? uh, No, you probably haven't. But the episode of The Office. It's in season eight. They go to, uh, the the company's doing poorly, and they need to hit a certain revenue and a certain target that. uh, Robert California set for them. So Andy decides that they're going to go to a bar to try to win at trivia to get the money to pay for the papers so that they hit their goal. And it ends up being a gay bar that Oscar goes to. It's really funny. But at the very beginning, they're like, all right, let's separate into the eight or into team A, team B, uh, just for fun. And I can't remember what he calls the it's like team a team b something and the just for fun group and the just for fun group is the most like the least intelligent person or uh, uh, people in the office and everyone goes to it except kevin malone who joins uh the number the what number one team with andy and jim and and ryan and he's like all right good self-awareness everybody uh, everybody except one and they look around and kevin doesn't realize that he's the idiot uh so anyways i'm andy in this scenario saying good self-awareness patrick i'm really proud of you Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it was a roundabout way of saying, uh, you know, you're a good man. Sometimes. Not really. I guess that's not what I was saying. Neither here nor there. Um, yeah, you're, you, the, just your uh, ability to get angry on a dime, I guess, is what I would give you for Daphne, for Daffy above all, for Daffy Duck. It's, I mean, you just, you, 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 I mean, what can I say? If I say the wrong thing, I can hear you get pretty fiery sometimes, so... That's exactly like Bugs and Daffy. We are Bugs and Daffy. That's I will give you that. That's definitely accurate. <laughs> I do eat an absurd amount of raw carrots as well. I really like carrots. I'm a big fan. Who doesn't I don't even like have carrots? to dip them in anything. <laughs> fools. Goddamn fools and communists. Indeed, indeed. I think. Yeah, they don't care about vitamin C. Uh, is that what's in carrots? I don't want to seem like a fool. I don't want to miss, uh, miss, you know. There might be some. I don't know. Beta carotene, isn't that another thing that's in carrots? That's, I think, bleeding. Yeah. Yes, that is in carrots. There we go. See, I'm on a roll today with the science. Uh, all right, that one was too easy. Let's go with one more then. Bugs and Daffy. Oh, I love that one. Bugs Bunny. Um, 
I want. I'm trying to think of the guy who voiced Bugs Bunny. He did the voice of like a thousand animated characters. And well, a lot of people have voiced uh, him. I mean, most famously, I think it was Mel Blanc that did. Uh, Mel Blanc, the original. Yep, yep. That's exactly what I'm thinking about. Mason, you can't call me right now. I'm in the middle of a. I'm doing my job. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call yeah. this a job, but one day that's the dream. And then I think recently it was like like for a Space Jam and shit. I think it was the guy who did Stimpy's voice or Ren Stimpy. I think his name was Billy, Billy West. Okay. But yeah, that's okay. That's yep, all I think. yep. I know that guy. He's wearing his glasses. He's a small white guy. Um, that's all I can use to describe him. That's like half the population. Anyways, um, let's do one more on our way out. And this one, I just, I just, I, I wanted, I want you to pump your brakes and just think about it for just a little bit because I know exactly where you're gonna go because you've said it a ton of times and I do agree mostly. But I feel I am so far not the second guy. Which is why I want you to tell you. Okay, Wolverine and Cyclops. I am clearly Wolverine. <laughs> See, I knew you were going to do that. No, so listen, hear me out. This is why. In yes, fairness, though, in fairness, in fairness, in fairness, we are not Wolverine and Cyclops. We are Wolverine and Nightcrawler. You are Nightcrawler. Oh, God, yeah. Hell yeah, I would take Nightcrawler, but that's not the pair I gave you. That's why we have to be more careful. So, yes, you are very clearly Wolverine in a lot of different ways. I'll give you that. And I know he's one of your favorites, so I'll, there's just, it's, it's easy. But Cyclops is the intellectual leader, which you show to be a lot more often than emotional. You you definitely lose your shit sometimes, but I have seen you more often talk yourself off the ledge in an intellectual way where you're just like, hold on, hold on, hold on, it's not worth it, yada, yada. That's why I wanted to pause, because I have never made a logical decision in my life i choose off what i feel like at any given moment that's why i give myself wolverine is that he is very and not saying that he's completely on a whim the dude i mean you know more about wolverine than i do but he's obviously very instinctual he's a, he's an animal and by his own admittance where he goes off of his baser or more basic instincts that's where i give myself the wolverine edge not necessarily on the anger and the uh, violent tendencies but on the reactionary basis the only era of Cyclops I can see myself being Cyclops is like post um, Avengers versus X Men Cyclops, where he was like basically like the kind of uh, almost like the like uh, Malcolm X, like he was basically the Magneto of like basically like okay. where Professor X was essentially Wolverine because Professor X was dead, still is I think, um, and basically Wolverine took over the school and basically Scott was basically just like a fucking mutant revolutionary. I was like, that's the only era of, Cy- of Cyclops where I could see myself being Cyclops. Because other than that, I'm like, nope, I'm Wolverine. Like, if really, and as I said, the two of us, I would definitely say, it's not really Cyclops and Wolverine. It's Nightcrawler and Wolverine. And you were clearly fucking Nightcrawler. Yeah, I'm totally cool with being Nightcrawler. He's one of the greatest ones. Um, and also, they're actual best friends, be whereas Cyclops. Cyclops and Wolverine don't really get along they're best friends in the in the comics yeah nightcrawler and wolverine yeah that's one of my favorite stories um was um there was like a whole thing where right after nightcrawler died um he had told wolverine about basically left left like orders for him to bring this piano um up to the top of this mountain and when he gets there, he finds out that basically it's like it's it, it was there really was no need for it. It was basically just him being like the jokester just one more time. And when he's not even mad, he's just like, "Got me again, Elf." Like, and I was just <laughs> like, so it's like, I was like, yeah, no, definitely. Like, that's like, I mean, they like, need um, to. 
one of my favorite things in the comic also was like uh when they, they all thought they were gonna die um when like the brood they thought the brood was gonna kill them all and they have like a really kind of serious theological discussion the two of them because wolverine's lived so long and he's really not he's clearly an atheist because why wouldn't he be like he has no reason to believe anything else um and nightcaller is very famously a catholic so basically the two of them just kind of figuring out kind of each other and everything and it's, it's a really nice moment well, I wish maybe for the next generation because they are already talking about who's going to be the next Wolverine. Maybe for the next generation, they talk that up more because I want to see Night. The X Two has the greatest opening scene to a freaking comic book movie ever, a superhero movie ever. I don't care what anyone says. The where Nightcrawler kicks the shit out of all of the Secret Service, just jumping around. That was amazing, and I want to see Nightcrawler in everything always. Like they they oh, downplayed him in freaking Apocalypse so much. I don't really agree. I mean, I feel like they used him really well in Apocalypse. Like, Apocalypse is like... Like, I was like... I even said... They used him um, in the typical Nightcrawler fashion. Hey, you're going to help us get a guy out of somewhere because you can teleport. That's about all you're here for. No, like, it's because, like, he was as important as Cyclops and Jean Grey were. Like, that was the whole thing. It was like... That's why I liked the way he used Nightcrawler because, like, that was the thing. It was like in... It was in X-Men 2 where he was more of a plot device. And in Apocalypse, like, that was one of the things I had no problem with in Apocalypse was like everybody was there not just because of their power set they were there because they served a purpose and and like the greater overall plot like their character mattered and nightcrawler i thought was perfect and like especially because i was just like he's not the incredible nightcrawler anymore he's the adorable nightcrawler because like let's like let's be honest like he's fucking adorable with that movie like holy shit was pretty cute i'll give him that (laughs) but yeah no like that's why i'm definitely i would like i really i really hope they don't do like a full-blown reboot um, because I really think that, like the the current crop they have as of Apocalypse is pretty fucking perfect, and I don't want to see them not get to play those parts anymore. Yeah, but there's uh, what's his name doesn't want to be Magneto anymore. Uh, Michael Fassbender. Well, no, that's fine. I mean, you can also just not do Magneto for a while. Mag- yeah, <laughs> like, just give him a. He's been the him and Wolverine have been the two cornerstones of every X Men movie ever. I mean, Professor name X name one well. where they. Okay, yes, Professor X, but even. That's, you know that guy's coming back. That actor is just amazing. Um, McAvoy. Okay, that's not necessarily true, but I hope he is. Yeah, McAvoy. So, uh, but everyone else. And also, uh, there's not going to be any more Mystique, and if you are, it's a new actress because Jennifer Lawrence doesn't want to play Mystique anymore. And well, I don't care. I'm okay. She's yeah, she's a shapeshifter. Who, who, who the fuck cares? Yeah, make it whoever you want. It's never the sure. same person anyways. Um, I'm... I don't care if the fact that you have to recast Wolverine makes me okay with starting over. And I know that's kind of a bitchy thing, but in all honesty, but he it, like they it, don't it's kind of like how some that's the thing though is if they if they want to do it, and I, the way I would hope they would do it is not recast Logan, but make X twenty three aka Laura um, the new Wolverine like they have in the comics. Like in the comics, I like, know, but everyone wants Wolverine, to see Wolverine. You've got to see Wolverine. Well, that's, you've had Wolverine for everything. Like fifteen years, that's like almost yeah. Like 20 years. And I want more. Okay, you got to wean me off of it. I guess they have. He hasn't been. At, he's only been like cameos and shit. So I guess they have weaned me. Oh, but then they're giving me. No, I'm relapsing with old man Logan. That's not fair. You can't just take it away cold turkey. I don't re- react to that properly. Well, no, because they're giving you. 
a substitute because that's what I'm saying. I think Laura could be awesome, and also they could always do like they did the Ultimate comics where they did Jimmy, his son. So there is options. He I don't think you need to recast. What? Yeah, in, in the Ultimate comics, in the Ultimate comics, not in the regular comics. Oh, different universe. Got it. Yes. There was another thing. Someone had a kid, and I lost my face, and I wanted to ask you about it, and I'll never remember it. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna do. You know, what? well, that'll be the next quiz. Is is superhero family members, and you will just give me your answers, and that'll be fun. Um. Okay. All right. Well, I will only concede to being Cyclops on the base that he is usually a leader, and that sounds nice, even though I know I'm more of like a rebellious follower. So I'll take it. Okay. I, I don't. I don't like being led, but I also don't really care to lead anyone. Oh, what? Does that sound like Wolverine to you? Yeah, that's right, you little bitch. I'm Wolverine, but that's <laughs> ne- we don't need to get into this now. That one stays in the air, just like Wayne and Garth, even though we know how they both end. <laughs> with the W going to Kevin. Oh, do you see how I did that? Because they both start with W, and it's also for win in today's society, and that's me! (laughs) I mean, whatever whatever makes you happy, buddy. Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) That's all I need. Just treat me right. Uh, All right, so last time we did all superheroes this time we will do no superheroes that's a lie it's kind of the one of them's kind of a cop-out but we will do no superheroes on the who would win in a fight my favorite segment of the show my i just i just love it so much so let's start at the very tippity top j versus j james bond versus jason bourne um i mean oh shit dog jesus christ it's jason Bourne, patrick that was the tagline to the newest movie i I feel like it would be like if we're if we're counting all versions of bond i would definitely say bond um especially because i mean like the fucking when they finally made him a badass basically they made him they basically outborned born born with uh uh, the the newer ones like Casino Royale and Spectre and he was Skyfall. born into a new version of Born <laughs> wordplay. Anyways, <laughs> so like personally, I mean, I would definitely say like I definitely would say I would definitely say like James Bond would win. I mean, Christ, James Bond, he's Captain Fucking Gadgets. Like it's like, he, it's like that's what's the one thing I was gonna like pressure you on is James Bond obviously has the gear to do it whereas Jason Bourne can turn anything into his advantage I I, I don't know how that because he's the better he's probably the better fighter right I mean you yes, give Jason yes. Bourne the edge as far as like just hand to hand yes but huh that one's t- what if I told you what if it was only Sean Connery's James Bond versus Jeremy Ritter's Jason Bourne well, he wasn't Jason Bourne. He was a different character. But yeah, his his version of from the movies. Yeah, I mean, I, he was whatever his name was, but it was the Jason Bourne trilogy. So, Connery or had not gadgets. Trilogy series. It wasn't as many as like. I'm not it, saying he didn't have gadgets. I'm just making you pit that character from the Jason Bourne movies versus that character from the James Bond movies. I mean, uh, I mean, hand to hand, like if he has gadgets, I would feel like James Bond would win. Hey, but like, hey this if is we're just doing this strapping, is your. No, no, this is your definitive. This is your, so we run a simulation of James Bond versus Jason Bourne 100 times. Who wins 51 times and gets the victory? I mean, I would say James Bond. (laughs) All right, James. I have no stake in either. I've never seen a James Bond film. I've never seen a Jason Bourne film. I don't care. What? You've never seen any James Bond or Jason Bourne films? Not a single one of either. I've seen parts of the uh, Jeremy Ritter one, and that was just because it was playing in the break room at Best Buy. 
That's it. Fair enough. I mean, you should watch at least so. the first Bourne movie and, like, at least Skyfall of the recent fucking Bond movies. But, I mean, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Daniel Craig is a hunk. He's a hunksicle <laughs> and a half. And let me just say that. He's no Idris Elba, who's in the runnings for the next James Bond. And if Idris Elba gets the part, I will watch my first James Bond movie. And I will, I will have to bring three or four chains of underpants to the movie theater. Because <laughs> he's a goddamn Adonis. I don't care what anyone says. I'm still oh my god! That he's playing Roland in Dark Tower. But I mean, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm still okay with it. It's That's fine. the main character, right? Like the main yeah. cowboy guy? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well... I, he can do no wrong, especially oh man in Pacific Rim when he just sacri- oh no. I think he's an Idris. awesome actor. I, is this oh. not how I picture Roland at all? Like I picture like Roland basically being dead inside and kind of like and, that's why I was always like Clint Eastwood would be really good, but like whatever. He's I'm too now. old now. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, uh, he's the last gunslinger, so I mean I don't care if he's old. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I just and Jair Selva was in the office. He played Charles. Charles Minor, he was, where came from Satakoy Steel, he took over as uh, as the regional, no, not the regional, the, I don't know, he was Michael's boss, and it was amazing, and oh, I just, anyways, let's move on, I gotta okay. tuck this thing away, it's sticking out under the table right now, I'm doing some serious work, uh, let's say, <laughs> if we move on from that, and I'm sticking specifically to non-superhero ones, let's go with, and this one is kind of kind of superhero-y and the movie made me think of it so hellboy versus the xenomorphs as if he was in the alien movies i mean i because so what made me think of it before you answer is when he fights that one thing that keeps spawning over and over again in the first hellboy movie i was like what if instead of that it was the xenomorphs oh and then i wanted to ask you and that's what i'm doing now I feel like Hellboy, but I mean, I feel like if it was just Hellboy, that would suck. Cause I feel like it'd be ideal if you would like Hellboy and Abe and like Lobster Johnson and all those guys. But I still feel like Hellboy would probably Hellboy would probably triumph because I mean he's he's fucking Hellboy. Like he has the right yeah. hand of doom. Like you can't fucking acid blood will hurt the right hand of doom. So yeah, no. Ooh, I, fucking, I never I, thought of that. Yeah, no matter what they do, he just puts his hand up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be pretty neat. I'll Plus, he makes his living killing monsters. So I mean. I feel like he, wanna... he would he would, definitely, he would take down the fucking xenomorphs. Yeah, and those things he fought also had the second mouth, so that's kind of like eh, he could handle that. That's not really that surprising to him. They Indeed. had the claws, not that surprising to him. I Indeed. think he could. Yeah, I I think Hellboy walks. I think Ron Perlman could take the xenomorphs on his own, let alone <laughs> him being Hellboy. So I'll, yeah, and you, I'll give that you haven't again. you haven't seen Alien Resurrection, have you? <laughs> Alien Resurrection, I have not. Is Ron Perlman in it? Does Ron Perlman die? Yes, both of the things you just said, yes. (laughs) Oh, no. See, Patrick, we talked about this on another episode. I can't have an original thought. Everything (laughs) I think of happens somewhere else, and it's not in the way that I want it. Oh, man. I'm sorry. If I ever get famous, I will immediately get sued for ripping someone off with every <laughs> idea I ever had. And it'll just immediately, I will literally only have my 15 seconds of fame because all my money will go to some son of a bitch <laughs> law firm because I won't have a fucking Jesus. Well, you know what is an original idea? You want to write some fanfic for Hellboy versus the Xenomorphs? <coughs> they start sure. fighting. <laughs> They start fighting, but then all of a sudden Hellboy like goes into his demon form and the Xenomorphs like, oh my God, 
Look at that guy. They get all the, they get really excited about it. Hellboy's walking around, strutting his stuff. He's not scared of them no more. They're scared of him. So then they start using their second mouth to suck off Hellboy to make him feel better. Because they're like, no, 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 you're our god. We don't want to anger you. Because everyone knows you give handies to your gods. And that's, and then he just runs it. And then actually, at the end, the queen gets mad that the xenomorphs are sucking off Hellboy all the time. So he fights the queen. But it's one of those passionate, like, Mr. and Mrs. Smith fights, and she ends up falling in love with Hellboy. They fuck, make little xenomorph Hellboy babies that have the horns and a, and and their hands are rock, and then they're little demon xenomorphs. Oh, Patrick, we could have a Fifty Shades of Grey on our hands right now. This is really weird, and you're making me uncomfortable. Did, you not, incredibly uncomfortable. did you not follow my train of thought there the whole time? That's phenomenal. I followed it. Doesn't make oh, me not uncomfortable. Fuck you people who say I can't have an original thought and suck me off like the xenomorphs on Hellboy because I got something good now. Ew. No. That's good. <laughs> yep. Too late. Already writing my rough draft. Okay. I'll get it. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to JK Rowling and she'll edit it for me. She's just okay. an angel, so I know she would do it. Um. Oh, man. Let's move on. It's just boner after boner city over here for me. Um. How about this will be our last one. Let who? How about I'll let you? No, 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 no. This one's this one's better. Terminator versus Predator, because it's still Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Predator, but he's not as clever as the Terminator. Well, yes, but at the same time, it's like yeah. I, mean, I feel like the Terminator definitely wins, but regardless of the fact that like, I mean, in the end, the Predator is just flesh and blood in a in a, a, a creature. Whereas the fucking Terminator is a fucking machine that's literally its job is to fucking kill things, kill like life forms. Like you, I mean, technically their job is to kill John Connor, but if you like basically just changed it to taking down the Predator, I feel like you would definitely take down the Predator. But normal man was able to take down the Terminator. So yes, I mean, but I mean that was also and and sorry. I don't know that Predator definitely like because the whole thing was basically they they outsmarted the Predators, and also like so a they're in the they, I mean like, they also would like to man as one of the Terminator too, but they just like I don't know I definitely feel like the Killing Machine would take down the Hunter. That's fair, and and to be fair, because I was I was rooting for the Predator. Predator is one of my favorite like movie. Uh, oh, me too. Uh, monsters, I love Predator. I Predator is like my. That's yeah. one of my favorite it's, franchises with my favorite monsters. Like I, I fucking love. I Predator. was rooting for them, but their heat vision wouldn't work on the Terminator, which kind of blows. Although, is vision. there an exhaust port on the Terminator? They don't have heat vision. <laughs> they have those goggles they use. the The masks can see heat. Oh wait, okay, that's okay. I, I thought you meant like Superman heat vision, not like they. No, see. no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be way more badass if they really <laughs> did, though. Um. So that well, no, work, they, but does I mean, the Terminator well, no, have they, an they exhaust can, port? Well, no, because they can also, if you watch, have you seen Predator 2? Yeah, it was a long time ago, but yeah, I have. Well, that's the thing, is they can change their uh, vision. Like, that's the whole thing. Is it basically like oh. uh, Gary Busey's character, like, figures out they see heat, so they go in without uh, heat. Like, basically, they, they set the block their body heat, and Predator figures out that something is up, so he goes through and he like switches through until he sees a spectrum that he can see, which I think is ultraviolet, and then kills them all. Oh, that's badass. Um, but does the Terminator have an exhaust port? Does he have a way to let off that heat that the the machine must crank out? I would presume so. <laughs> they don't show that. Sure. It's only that was thinking, is that like James Cameron never told me, but I'm just assuming so. Yes. Uh... 
They should talk about that more. That you want that to be another sexy fanfic because I got a few ideas for where his exhaust could be. I literally, I'm beg just you saying. To. I okay, well, to. I'll type it up and send it to you because I've got a few hot ideas, and the predator's oh. got a real big mouth. Oh, He's Jesus. got a real big mouth to handle whatever sort of exhaust is coming out of the Terminator. That's all I'm gonna say. That's that's it. I'll stop Ew. there. I just I, I'll stop there. I'm just saying that's a real purdy mouth. Um. No, it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, whatever. Different strokes for different folks, and I can I can think of a few different strokes that are going to be going on. So, you let's slide out. Hey, man, don't judge. We don't judge here. Uh, let's slide out of who would win in a fight. That that was rather successful. Oh, did we defend? Yeah, we were definitive. Terminator wins. Uh, I don't remember the other ones. Hellboy <laughs> wins and. What was the first one? James Bond wins. And James Bond wins, which that one that one's the most iffy in my mind, just because but again, I don't know them, so I guess I can't be iffy. You're right. I, I back out. I'm sorry. James Bond wins. Let's wrap up the show. Patrick, did you did you do what I asked? Yes, yes I did. Yes! Okay, so as I said before, at the end of every show, I want to do some awesome form of science fact in light of recent events science feels very oppressed and i think it's incredibly fun it's my favorite thing to learn i'm reading a really awesome sciencey book right now so patrick should have some sick ass dope ass fact dialed up for me lay it on me buddy this isn't technically a fact as a theory but it's just it's the only thing that occurred to me wait okay so before you say that theory i want to spit throw one by you sorry yes i'm really excited for this but you said the word theory and i meant to bring this up with you on previous podcasts because i talked about it on my other one have you heard the theory that willy wonka in the chocolate factory is a parallel to dante's inferno actually yes yes i have i fucking love that theory so dante's inferno the layers of of hell and each one's worse than the other and dante's climbing his way out charlie would be Dante making his way through all the people in their own personal hells. Uh, you've got the glutton in Augustus Gloop, and you've got the spoiled brat in uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Veruca Salt. Veruca Salt. Yep, Veruca Salt. And you've got the, I guess you, I don't know what you would call um, the kid who just has to be part of the TV. What would that be like? Lust or greed or I don't know. Yeah, greed. It'd be greed. It'd be greed. Um, anyways, and then at the very end, no, like, so the parallels are vanity. Okay, perfect. Um, and so, so the boat ride that they take uh, in this scenario, Willy Wonka would be the devil, and he's taking them down the what's it called the river the sticks, river sticks uh, through the levels of hell, and he even references it uh, uh, when he's singing his song. Uh, There's no earthly way of knowing which direction we are going. Yada yada yada. Yeah. Uh are the fires of hell are glowing, he says, and that's yeah. oh my god, that's that's it. And at the very end, Dante, much like Charlie, make their way in ascent uh ascend, sorry, out the top, just like in the elevator, just like going to heaven. So I that you know, I usually don't like fan theories. That one I'm I'm a big fan of. I loved <laughs> it. And I'm I would love to find the person who wrote the original story, even though I'm sure he's dead, and ask him if that's what he meant to do. Because it's just like- so good. I mean, the, the original story was Roald Dahl, who is very much long dead, yes. Very much dead. Well, shouts out to you, Mr. Whoever your name was. Okay, enough Roald of my Dahl. distractions. Hit me with your theory. Um, basically, it's something I had heard like a physicist talk about once, where basically it'd be impossible to travel backwards in time 
because uh, the second you have gone backwards in time and you've arrived, you create a time paradox because you weren't supposed to be there, so therefore you've already changed the course of time just by being there. Um, so, it, but it is possible. It is possible with like in terms of theory um, to travel forwards in time with the right equipment, so, like the right basically like the, the right circumstances. You can travel forwards in time. It is impossible to travel backwards in time because you will have created a time paradox. Oh my gosh! So it's like, it's like in they make a joke in the Big Bang Theory where he's like, <laughs> he makes him sign on the roommate agreement that if you uh, create time travel, you you uh, hereby agree to come back to this place at this moment in time. Yada yada. They sign it, and it's five minutes from them. So they both just stand there staring out, and he goes, "Oh, oh, that's unfortunate," and he checks it off. So like, yeah. So so. Going back in time, if you were to go back in time, you'd go back to a place that you don't belong, which means it wouldn't happen. So what? So does the theory say what would happen if you did try to? Would everything just implode and the universe would dead just disappear? Well, no, I mean, the, the thing that I heard, the, the physicist said it was just, it would be impossible. Like, because even if you, because if you did it, the second you got there, it wouldn't, You've you've changed the time stream, so you're not in the past anymore. You're in an alternate. Oh, version. okay. So, so like, so how they play it up in all the time travely things is like you go back in time and then you mess something up. So all of a sudden you look at that picture in your wallet and it starts phasing away. So like, by you going back in time, you would instantly disappear because it'd be a new timeline where you didn't create that. Yes, exactly. Is that what you mean? Oh it my was, gosh! That's what I'm saying. Because basically, the second you've the second you've arrived there, you've created a time paradox and the butterfly <laughs> effect would take over. So basically, we have to always set up the possibility of that by saying we're expecting you to show up at this time, right? Wouldn't that null and void the time paradox because it would be part of the timeline? I mean, well, no, because I mean, you still it's it. <clears throat> I mean, if you if you went forward, yes, I mean, it wouldn't do anything. That's the whole thing is like the theory says you can go forward, you just can't go backwards. So like, as long as you're not as long as you just talk about going forward, like it's like you're going to arrive at such and such a time, then yes, because you've gone forward in time and not backwards. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I got a headache. <laughs> if you could so let's just let's wrap it up. If you could, would you travel forward in time and if so, how far? Um I mean I probably would. Um but probably not super far, probably just like, I don't know like 20 years in the future or something 25 something like that i mean that would that could be enough to where you show up to nothing well that's what i'm saying i'm hoping that i won't that's that's why i picked a lesser number <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want it to be like fucking um ash at the end of uh the director's cut of army of darkness where he accidentally slept for an extra hundred years and wakes up in a post-apocalyptic wasteland like i'd rather be the ash that woke up at the right time and fought a deadite <laughs> <laughs> in a fucking department store. <clears throat> that's that's a good point. I think I think I would if I see the problem with me saying it versus you saying it is I'm married. So if <laughs> I jump forward in time, I would either be widowed, divorced, <clears throat> or with my wife, but missing all of those moments that I just jumped past, which would kind of suck. So oh my god, that would be tricky. Oh. You know what? I I would jump forward in time, and I would jump forward in time one year. 
that would be that would be enough for what because because i've every year that's gone by i've done something different um since i was 18 years old i've either started a new job i've either moved i you know got engaged i got married i met these people yada yada everything something dramatic has changed especially my time in saratoga because every year i went to a different apartment so and then a year later i moved out here and then a year from then i have to move because i have to move out of this apartment in like june which kind of sucks um so yeah i think i would go forward one year and see what the next thing was for me or if nothing changed at all and hopefully franny has a cool job and maybe we're starting a family whatever that'd be cool too but i wouldn't miss too much that i'd be bummed i went that far ahead i mean in my case it's mostly just for like reasons of like i want to see like all the Marvel movies that are going to come out in the like a, the next few years. <laughs> you so all what you're saying is go movies. 20 years ahead and then buy the bundle pack off the cheap rack at a department store, and you're like neat, and you go and watch them. <laughs> exactly, like the DC movies. Like see the next generation of wrestlers. Like basically, like everything. Just like just always kind of see like the next crop, and basically be able to be like, oh hey, Kenny Omega turned out to be the greatest wrestler of all time. Who knew? Who knew that would be a thing? Like... <laughs> Patrick jumps 25 years in the future to spend five straight years watching everything he missed in those 25 years. <laughs> well, fucking Captain America did it, so fine. Fuck it, I don't care. Fair enough. That's true. That's true. I won't argue. All right. Well, that does it for us, folks. I think uh, my, my, my laugh box is all worn out. I gave myself a good chuckle today. Um, let's... Oh, so, fun fact. The next episode we record... We will be doing it in person. Oh, so you did not in front of Yeah, we're coming to Saratoga next week. So uh, that's really exciting. And the audio quality should be a little bit better. And you're all going to love it. We're going to have way more fun being in person. I can watch your face while I describe aliens sucking off favorite comic book heroes. <laughs> oh, it's going to be wonderful. But other than that, uh, any any Jerry Springer final thoughts on everything we talked about today? Um, I mean, yes. Fucking read Daredevil and watch the Daredevil TV show. <laughs> yeah, that's actually that's above all the shit we've talked. Oh, also, if you want to read a story about an alien race with a secondary mouth sucking off a demon who's actually more human-like than you might think, that's a great tagline. Then you know, just let me know. I, the people listening to this are all my friends and family. Just let me know, and I'll get started on it. But otherwise, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We've got a lot of other shit going on. Patrick has another podcast called Gifted Punksters that you should definitely check out. I have another podcast called What Did I Just Say that you should definitely check out. Listen to all our stuff. Tweet it forward to Kevin Smith. Harass the hell out of him because, as we all know, the end game is for me and Patrick to become employed by Kevin Smith somehow. So. It'll happen. That's what we're banking on. That's I'm not. You know, I'm gonna quit my job and just completely move to LA and just stand outside his house with a a microphone to keep recording with you and a sign that says "Give me a job." Do you think that's a good that's a good life choice? I mean, maybe. I can't speak for what choices he would make. So yeah, he'd probably have me escorted off the premises a time <laughs> or two. But that's neither here nor there. Keep listening to us. Keep loving us. As always, I am Kevin. I'm bad. And thank you for listening.